Welcome and happy Father's Day to all of the sailing dads out there in the sailing world. You're here today on Father's Day in New Zealand and Australia. Father's Day, New Zealand and Australia, not technically Father's Day in America, but you're here with Sue Ellen, hi, and Alison Gator over there, and my dad, Ken. And Gator, introduce your dads. So, right here is my dad, Tim. Tim, say hi. Hi there, how are you? And my stepdad, Eric. Hello, all. And my dad, Ken, who doesn't really need much of an introduction in the sailing world. Uh, quite a vocal character. How are you today, Father? You good? Well, lovely um, Father's Day. I've got my Father's Day um, card from Kerry, right? From your and wife? This is, yeah. And uh, it says, forgive me for all my sins. <laughs> Kerry. So okay. before we get really into this, I just want to say, this is completely unscripted. Uh, we've got a couple of questions that we're going to ask our dads, but we apologise in advance for anything that um, gets out of hand. It's a hot mess. We did a little practice run beforehand. We're all talking over the top of each other, but hey, it's Father's Day, and I don't think there's anything, there's no such thing as like a calm day on Father's Day, is there really? It's always chaotic. <laughs> always. <laughs> always chaotic. Uh, and, and Sunday is a sailing day anyway, so I guess our dads have always had to deal with some kind of sailing on Father's Day. Um, but yeah, just want to sort of get into it. I'll, I'll start off with my dad. Dad, why did you decide that sailing was going to be my sport? Why sailing? Well, it was really an evolution, not a decision. You know, I, I always wanted to build a boat because I, I helped my father build boats. And when you turned four, I decided that I'd build you a sabot. And that's how you started, Sue. And you used to start with your brother in the Clarence River in Grafton. And that was the beginning. It was the proudest moment of my life to see you and Simon sailing together. But you launched Especially the boat in the pool. <laughs> in so the you pool, launched yeah. The, yeah, we launched the boat in the pool. It was quite cool. Hey, just, and, um, uh, but then you, yeah, sure, you built one sabo. That was great, but that wasn't enough. You had to build a highly illegal carbon fiber sabo. Yes, right. We went straight to the highest technical thing we could do in the world. And we built a carbon fiber sabo, which is very similar to an optimist, those people in optimist land. And it weighed uh, six kilos, which was only about 20 kilos underweight. And it was great to see Simon walking around these rigging lawns with his, just holding on like it was a purse, you know. <laughs> Wherever and, I could uh, put it on my shoulder and carry it down the hill to go sailing. But we never saved it in anything competitive. It finished up. I sold it to a cotton farmer out west for his grandson. And his grandson sailed it on a, a cotton dam west of uh, Gundawindi. That's where it finished up. Pretty cool. That's it. That's well, we had, we had some similar, you know, kind of, kind of situations growing up. So my, I've been sailing with both of my dads for, for my whole entire life. I've been very lucky. They're both very, very involved in sailing. So I don't know, would you guys say I really had a choice in the matter or, um, or how did, how did that, how did that start? No, you didn't have much of a choice. Um, I remember very distinctly sailing between Newport and Block Island on your mom and I's um, Islander 30 when Whitney was with us and your mother was pregnant with you and throwing up like crazy. But um, no, you were, you from the time you were a zygote, you were a sailor. Yeah. No choice. Yeah. No choice. So no my, my stepdad, Eric, has been in my life since I was very, very young. He married, him and my mom got married in 2005. Um, so dating a while before that. So what, what's your first memory of, well, my, so my sister, I guess we'll go back a little bit, is about 15 months older than me. Um, and so we grew up sailing together as well with you guys. So Inky, what, what is your take on when we first started sailing? Well, uh, you guys were barely walking, I think, but uh, uh, it was back in the days where we could 
barely afford a babysitter, so the kids always went with us, I think. And uh, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it was uh, it was uh, a, a good way to keep an eye on you and uh, just kind of share what uh, your mother and I always, uh, you know, love to do in, in our recreational time. And, you know, the passion we had for the sport is, you know, bring bring the kids along and, and acclimate them at an early age where they didn't have a decision. So <laughs> it uh, it all worked out really good. And, and I'm glad uh, it evolved that that way well whitney and allison both did a number of queen's cups which is a race between milwaukee across lake michigan to the other side to muskegon and they started doing those races when they were about three and um both whitney and allison both did their first chicago to mackinac races when they were 10 so they've been racing for a long long time yeah yeah i don't think i don't think either of us had a choice really did we no, no. i think you're about five when you did your first race six maybe um yeah i was very disappointed you didn't win your first race but anyway that's that's the way it goes <laughs> and the disappointment <laughs> has just continued <laughs> You need to have room for improvement. You know, you can't start at the top. You need, you know, you need to leave a little cushion. Well, we lied about Whitney and Allison's ages when we registered them for their first uh, Opti courses on Pewaukee Lake, because I think Allison, you were probably six and I think you had to be at least eight. So yeah, they're eight and nine. Yeah, they're just no problem. Yeah, just enter them the course, they're off just we go. Small. Right. Dad, <laughs> I remember um, the days when you were building Vectus in the backyard, the 32-foot racing cat, the Tony Granger. Eight metres, Sue. Eight, eight or however long. Look, I was a kid. That's, you know, I remember it being 32 feet. I don't know. <laughs> I wanted it to be 32 feet, but it only finished up eight metres. Eight metres. There you go. Well, you build a racing cat in the backyard. Um, and it was, I mean, how would you compare it to um boats that are around now like would you compare it to like a gb cat nah, no no it was um it was a lot of fun um uh yeah i remember one day we had the masthead kite up and we were coming up the river from Malmara, and we're sitting on 26 knots and that was probably the best day sailor ever had on it at uh yeah, that day was just uh, incredible. We did a race from Grafton to Alma, uh, Grafton to McLean and back again. It was an overnight race and we did it in four hours and 47 minutes. Was so that the bridge to breakers or was that the bridge to bridge? Bridge to bridge and return. Oh, right? okay. It was trailable uh, yachts, right? They don't have it anymore. But um, yeah, no, that was, that was the funnest thing I ever had. And when I went sailing with you and Simon on it, that was even better, so. I think I remember coming back from Omara one day with you steering and I was just laying on the front net and doing our four or five knots and it was just beautiful. But anyway, I, ha I haven't let go of the helm ever since. No, but you know, you're always a good steerer. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Harold. I've, I've got a cute little story I can share about Gator's first boat. I, I think it happened on her sixth birthday um, where we set up her uh, first Optimus dinghy in her father's uh, in Tim's front yard. Um, and then we, uh, we pulled into the driveway with Gator and here's the sailboat set up and uh, she saw it for the first time. And uh, it's probably about a month before sailing season and the rest is history there. Remember that Tim? Sure do. So Eric, how old was for Whitney and Allison when they did their first double-handed race on the J30. I think they were 15 oh and 16. She was. Um, well, Allison might remember better than I, but it might have been 2012 or 2013. Um, going back to that race, Tim mentioned the Queens Cup, uh, a trans-Michigan uh, race from Milwaukee to Muskegon, about 80 miles, where um, somehow, uh, Gator and her older sister talked me into letting them sail our J30 across the lake double-handed. 
at probably age what 14 and 15 or yeah, I 15 think, and yeah, 16 I think it and it just happened to that 16. yeah it, it took a couple of weeks to talk us into it but on that particular day the day of the start it was blown about 35 knots yeah. <laughs> which which made yeah. uh, things very interesting but um i think they had All a great finish and darn near won the whole thing it ended up in second place or something allison was that right yeah, i think so yeah a fun it race so dramatic yeah it was so windy yeah, yeah. <laughs> So those are certainly some good asking, memories. Yeah. All of our friends were asking us if they were capable of doing this. And we said, well, we're about to find out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, we ran into a little bit of a predicament in the, in the pre-start. Um, our main bolt rope got jammed in the mast. And we're like, right, we'll just call our parents for help. But we couldn't because they were all racing. And they had all started and they're already out in the water. <laughs> so they really <laughs> led us to it. But we made it. We survived. It was the first of many. Yeah. That was yeah. a cool one. Yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, sailing is basically um, dictated most of our lives, I think. I mean, it has for me. I mean, that's one of the reasons that I ended up in New Zealand. Um, but I'm going to ask. Tim and Eric this question and then on Gator's probably gonna ask my dad Tim and Kent when when Gator said to you hey I'm gonna pack up and move to New Zealand how did you guys take that news well I found out when I called Allison up and I said what do you want for your college graduation present and she said without any hesitation I want a ticket to New Zealand and I said, what for? She said, well, New Zealand's where all the good sailors are supposed to be. And I want to be a good sailor. So that's where I want to go. And I thought it sounded like a perfectly plausible idea to me. So I didn't have an objection to it. Yeah. Eric? That was my, that was my thinking too, Tim. You know, at first I thought, well, she'll just buzz down there for a month or two and then you know, come on home and, you know, do whatever a college graduation per, uh, uh, grad does, but uh, it's evolved in, you know, four and a half, five years later. And uh, I think fortunately, uh, Allison met some nice people and got off on the right foot and uh, having a great time down there. Um, it's just a great opportunity. And I think she's learning from some great sailors and she's in with some good people and uh, we miss her terribly, but, uh, you know, New Zealand has, has been a great experience for her. Well, I talked to Moose Sanderson about her moving there. And the one thing he said was, you know, Tim, if she moves to New Zealand for a summer, she's never coming home. <laughs> and I said, yeah, <laughs> not, not uh, impossible. And he was right. Oops. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, well, what about you, Ken? What was your initial reaction when Sue Ellen told you she was coming over here? Well, it, it, well a, a, mix, a mix of respect, pride, and sadness. But she was having some issues where she was working at, at the yacht club, our yacht club. And, um, and I knew she, knew she had to do something. And she had some holidays, and I think she went to Chicago, a club in Victoria, and Royal Acarona. And she came home after visiting the club at Royal Acarona and securing employment there. And she said, I'm going back to New Zealand, Dad. Well, I thought, like everybody else, oh, she'd be back in three months, you know. And, um, and now it's been two years since I've seen her, and uh, it's tough. Tough on a mum, it's tough on me. But if it wasn't for COVID, we'd be probably seeing each other three or four times a year. And uh, it's sad. It's but sad, but I'm happy, happy, Dad. It's also happy because I'm happy here in New Zealand. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know that, Sue. That's 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 the that's the that's the part of this that's worries me. You know. <laughs> They treat us at rugby every year, you know. 
they win at the ballroom dancing, sailing, they win at everything, you know. And uh, so I'd say pride, happiness and sadness all in one breath. Very, very proud, Sue. Very oh, that's proud. Nice to hear. Well, I mean, yes, yeah, just speaking out the last time that I got to see my mum and dad actually is is thanks to one of our sponsors, uh, actually, Doyle Sales. Because uh, they sent um, they sent me over to Sydney before the 2019 Rolex Sydney Hobart to do some interviews and some photos of all the Doyle Sales boats. And we took the opportunity to surprise mum and dad and I jumped up on a plane and went from Sydney up to Brisbane and yeah, completely surprised my parents. They had absolutely no idea that I was going up to Brisbane. My sister-in-law knew, uh, so she had to keep me in hiding, even from my brother. And um, surprise them on Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I'm your present. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I mean, that was great to be able to do that. But yeah, I mean, obviously COVID has sort of all cut off our opportunities to get around um, the world and who knows when, I'm going to be able to get back to Brisbane, um, but hopefully not in the too distant future. I mean, as everyone knows, we're in lockdown here in Auckland at level four, which means that we just have to stay at home, work from home, and only essential workers are allowed out. Uh, so we were we were enjoying watching, you know, we were enjoying all these great freedoms of being in level one, and while the rest of the world was locked down and everyone was watching us and in all of our sailing and now it's the other way around and I tell you what it sucks watching from the sidelines I mean yesterday we were meant to be out for the shorthanded sailing association of New Zealand's Luma triple series the final race but that got cancelled and there's going to be a few other cancellations coming I think as well oh well just on that Sue I sent you an email about this, but last Monday morning at 10 o'clock, I cancelled the Australian Laser Championships, which were going to be held in in Fremantle, Western Australia. And um, that's that's the uh, about the third event that I've had to I've been involved in the cancellation, not totally involved, but because um, we're a committee and we make a decisions as a committee. But um, I know our nationals. A lot of kids look forward to going to the nationals, meeting up with old friends. And now for two years we haven't had our Australian championships, and uh, it's sad. It is. It's a big hole in the calendar of the year. Um, and uh, each each district in Australia, which is all the states, are all trying to do a little event that they can do in their thing. But I, I can tell you now, Sue. We're very close to going back into lockdown again in Brisbane and Queensland, which is which is sad. But I think we've got to start learning to live with this COVID nineteen thing. Um, don't know how to do that, but um, get vaccinated, wear a mask. But uh, okay, we're not turning this political, Ken. <laughs> okay, no po politics. But one one thing I will say is, um, you know, there's probably a reason that we're so. Um, I don't know if adventurous is the right word, but you know, not a lot of people pick up and and leave, you know, the comfort of their own home country. And I think it probably comes from you guys raising us and giving us these opportunities. I mean, did what kind of sailing, you know, you guys have done and the, what you've instilled in us is probably the reason that we took off in the first place. So we're not really to blame here. Um, <laughs> oh, you're the, your, your, first I mean, visit, your first visit to New Zealand was when I was there for the Rondelone race. Yeah, exactly. That's so right. you, know, we, yep. you, you set the example. So just tell us a little bit about that race and why I chose New Zealand in the first place. Well, the... Um, I did the around alone race in 2002, 2003. Uh, the bow number on my boat was 981 because Whitney was nine and Allison was eight and they were going to be one year older when the race was over. So wow. I was carrying them with me all the way around the world. Um, That's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Allison, well, I have to say that, that shout out to Sherry and Eric because they made sure that Allison and Whitney made it to the stopovers in both Cape Town 
and in New Zealand. Um, and it is not easy to get to either one of those countries, but they were able to come there and be part of the race and meet all of the wonderful people that were involved in that event, Bernard Stamm and Terry Dubois and you know, Brad Van Lu and the organizers and everyone around it. And they, they sort of soak in the whole vibe of an international event with race villages all around the world. And it seems to have had some resonance because Allison went back. Yeah, <laughs> it is a pretty good country over here. I guess the 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 thing that you guys need to know is that um, we are both extremely happy here in New Zealand and making a living from sailing. So I guess the big thing is that we have our dads to thank for that. Well, and Eric Eric was in New Zealand as well, right, Eric? It sure was. Yeah, um, I remember that. I think I had my 50th birthday or something like that, uh, working on the boat, getting you ready for the start of the leg. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we uh, we got to see a good part of the country. I think after your leg started, we took another week off and went south and went north and uh, just had a marvelous experience, enjoyable uh, stay at, in New Zealand. Well, when, when Suellen was little and, and, and uh, well, what we used to do, we used to drive from Grafton to Sydney, which was about eight hours drive south. We'd do one heat of the state championships in the Manly Junior. Then we'd fly to Christchurch, I think it was, wasn't it, Sue? Christchurch in, in New Zealand. We'd go skiing for a week, and then we'd fly back to Sydney and do the second round of the, 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 the state championships. We went and, to, to Queenstown. I think yeah. I think, I think I seeded the snow with that because you know we we don't get snow in Queensland. That's uh, those cold places to get that. But um, you know we they're the sorts of things we used to do, and you know it was nothing for us to jump in an aeroplane, go to Disneyland, I, I, America or England or wherever. And um, but our trip to to um, to skiing in uh, South Island, New Zealand was. The place is so beautiful, you know, and I can understand how you could get hooked there. You know, it is a lovely, beautiful country with absolutely wonderful people in it. You know, I could sit here all day. The people that I've met in New Zealand, they, 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 I think, oh, I don't want to start talking too much. I'd like to know where the dads come from. Where did you, where did you all come from? Where, where, how did... How did you get to where you are, have, have a children, and how did you get to where you are? Well, I well, actually met Gator's mom on a CNC 41 that I was racing. And the two of us actually bought that boat many years later. And uh, Sherry and Eric wound up with it. So Sherry and I have been sailing since literally the day we met. And the girls just came with us when uh we bought sherry and i bought a 30-foot boat and they came with us on that and then we bought a 37-footer and they came with us on that and then we bought the 41 and they just they were with us for every race and uh, and then we enrolled them in classes and they started sailing small boats and we got hooked into the dinghy racing scene and driving them all over um we just we just loved the sport and they came with us. They were part and parcel. Yep. Eric, I remember when um, uh, you had that little sunfish and right. Whitney and Alex took that thing out sailing, the two of them. They were they're barely big enough to sail it. And you put both of them on the boat and we pushed them off the dock and off they went. Yeah, I think I remember that. Um, you know, good memories back on that old sunfish. When I was growing up, eight, nine, ten years old, I sailed a sunfish, and uh, I still have one to the day. But I remember getting that old boat uh, out when the kids were like eight and nine years old, Tim, and uh, they were sailing around the harbor with that thing. 
Yeah. Having a ball. I, love Mickey, that. I I remember a story of you told me when you were a kid on a was it a sunfish or a laser up in uh, Green Bay when your mom told you you couldn't sail across the bay but you did anyway. Yeah, something like that. I'd spend about eight hours a day just sailing the sunfish around, and the body of water I was born and raised on is called the Bay of Green Bay. It's about 15 miles wide and 40 miles long. But uh, this one particular day, I decided to sail pretty much across the bay. And I forgot about a dental appointment I had like about two in the afternoon. <laughs> and uh, my mother's calling the harbor master, have you seen any key? And, you know, where is he? And da -da. Well, nobody knew where I was. So my mother went, um, our neighbor had an airplane assessment. <laughs> And they just, uh, they flew over, over by Chambers Island, which is about 12 miles away. And they found me and they kind of circled down low. And I can remember my mother sticking her hand out the door and screaming, get home right now. What are you doing out here? You've just missed a dental appointment. You know? So uh, that's brilliant. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, but uh, I got in trouble for doing that. <laughs> when I was a kid, my dad used to push me out and say, don't come back till you know how to tack properly. Right. But let's, let's swing back to the um, how I met your mum and where I met your mum. Um, I was a 17 year old with a surfboard under my arm and I met, met Kerry at a place called Cronulla Point. And uh, it was a great right-hander, and uh, that's how we met. And um, then we, she was only about 16. I was about 17 and a half because I just got my driver's licence. And um, after the Army in 69, I came home and we sat and had a talk about life in general, and uh, we decided to get married. And uh, she rushed me to the church in 1970, and we had uh, we got married in the Elephant House at Cronulla, and we've had is it fifty two years, Kerry? Fifty two years in May. Coming up. Coming up. Oh. And it's been fifty two years of uh, we've had our ups and downs, but we've been in business, out of business, back in business again, and. Um, yeah, I met some great people and really we've had an incredible journey. Uh, if you look back at the journey, the journey was we were married 10 years before we had Sue Ellen and we were told we couldn't have any children. Then out of nowhere came this little beautiful girl that I didn't know how to touch or pick up or what to do because <laughs> I thought I'd break her. Realized, not realising in that in that little body was this little hard-ass sailor that can do anything. You know? <laughs> and I, I think that's where, they're the things I remember about Sue Ellen and, uh, and her brother is just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I'm a bit sentimental, but I'm really a sentimental guy, aren't I, Sue? Sentimental? Yes, you, just um, <clears throat> you wear your heart on your sleeve and that's where I get it from. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a little bit of our life and um, yeah, it's been a lovely journey. We've had our moments, we've had our sicknesses and things and uh, but uh, we, got, we got to where we are. I'm 74 and Kerry's 35 um, and uh, <laughs> well done. lovely card today for Father's Day, which is, I didn't, I showed you before. Okay, before you embarrass me anymore, Dad, um, <clears throat> that's lovely. <laughs> um, Actually, guess, it is lovely. That is lovely. Um, I, I guess one of the big, like one of the big conversations that happens uh, in sailing is is how do you keep the young sailors in the sport? You know, once they're sort of finished high school and once they've done that, and especially like women and and your daughters and and you know the girls in sport and how you get them to stay in sailing. We're here, we're still sailing after, I'm not gonna say how many years I've been sailing, but lots, lots of decades. What do you think it was that, that you guys did to sort of 
make sure that we did stay in sailing and kind of maybe like what advice would you give to the next generation of fathers, you know, who do want their kids, you know, their sons, but especially their daughters to stay in the sport? Like what's the, what's the magic formula? Okay, the magic formula. Can I start? Do you want me to start? Sure. Okay. Yeah. You're starting. Magic formula is unnecessary pressure from parents, peers, and coaches. If we could uh, bring back the uh, pleasure of sailing instead of the stress of sailing, people would never leave when they're 18. They'd stay in it. That's my short version of what, what I'd like to say. Um, first of all, I agree with you 100%. Um, and actually, Gator's older sister runs a, uh, a youth sailing organization. And boy, those people have a lot of fun. And she makes sure that it's fun for them. And the other thing, and I've thought about this a lot, both Whitney and Allison grew up on keelboats. So they sailed big boats from the time they were very, very young. And then they sailed dinghies and they sailed dinghies all the way through college. But when they were done with college, they never stopped sailing because they'd been sailing on big boats all along. And I think getting younger kids and, and the junior programs that do a good job of getting kids onto bigger boats um, so that they get the skills, so that they're in demand, I think it helps a lot. And Suellen, you asked a question about women in sailing, it never occurred to us that there was a problem with getting women involved in sailing until the girls were a little older. Um, because our club was, it had, they had a women's racing series. Um, and it was an extremely inclusive place for the girls to grow up. That's right, Tim. I totally agree with, with everything you said. It, you know, if I, if I look back at, you know, how I stayed in it and how I think Whitney and Allison stayed in it, we always made it a family thing, you know. It's just something we always did as a family. Um, and we also got the kids involved on, on doing things, crew positions, um, just as they were old enough to coil lines or fold sails. And um, we campaigned that mom 30 36 for four or five years. The, the kids had very important roles in that and uh, they were very active and uh, their jobs and positions were just as important uh, as anyone else's. And, you know, when we had the success, it just built on everything. And, you know, one thing leads to the next and it was a good environment and, um, you know, just a, a good team sport, which is, mm. And, and, you know, women in sailing, Tim, I'll, I'll, I think half of our crew on the mum of eight people were women just about every time. Matter of fact, the first thing I did when I bought the boat is I got a new toilet that worked because I knew that women were going to have, you know, um, yeah. and they did as good a job as anybody. I mean, they, you know, I mean, we had fun and did well and. We just had good dynamics, and, and they got a lot of respect for it, too. So, Well, the, the CNC-41 that Sherry and I met on, our, my crew was half women all the time because yep. they would show up, and they'd stick around afterwards to clean the boat up. Um, <laughs> but it was um, it, it never would be a problem. It is a problem in the sport. I think certainly where you know, Eric, where you and, and Sherry and Whitney and Allison and I grew up, it, it, it wasn't a problem. Great. So, Dad, you, Dad, you've been um, the volunteer sailing coach of Moreton Bay College girls sailing team, girls sailing team for 19 years now. I mean, what, how do you keep the girls, you know, in the sport, you know, after they do finish school and, you know, how many of them and have stayed into it and sort of gone on, gone on to keep sailing? Look, it's a hard question to answer, but 20 years at Moreton Bay College has learnt me lots of things about young women. 
They all want to explore. They want to see things. They want to do things. But what what we got to try and explain them to everybody that's new to our sport is is the lessons that can be learned from our sport about being part of a team, about having individual responsibilities, and in part of this, you've got to make it the enjoyment of being involved. Now, you get a bunch of girls together, you're going to get two or three of these ones, two or three of those ones. Some are extremely hard to work with, but that, but they're all but they're all got great character. And I, I don't think what they say about these women that come into the sport, I think they are, just like boys are coming to the sport, but all of a sudden they're the flavour of the month. You know, they got planned programs in Australia called She Sales, uh, whatever they want to call it. And it's it's really a bit tacky, I think. I think the girls are going to be there. The boys are going to be there. Let's take the pressure out of it. Let them enjoy it and stay in the sport forever with the whole lives. I think that's a really interesting thing because, um, I mean, I prefer to be just a sailor as a part as opposed to being a female sailor as such. I mean, Gator, you've, you've, you've... You've never been a female. You've always been just a sailor, Sue. That's how I've always looked at you. Yeah. And Gator, you've, um, you've sailed, you know, you sail in competitive match racing teams and teams with mixed crews. Um, yeah. You know, like for you, I get it. Yeah, question for you. I mean, your kind of sailing and how you do, do you think that there's lots of encouragement for women out there, but we've just... We just got to find more opportunities. We, we, we um, it's it's a tough. I mean, it's a tough one um, because of how I grew up. Um, it, I don't think we realized that it was a problem because it wasn't a problem for us um, in our lo local sailing scene. Um, we were taken seriously just as sailors because of the way that you know these guys raised us and um you know we we sailed on boats that um you know inky owned and he managed the crew and he skippered and he didn't treat us any differently than he treated the rest of the crew so we were expected to coil the lines we were expected to do all of the things that you know like even though it's our family boat you just don't get away with not doing things so when we did go to other boats that weren't our family boat we already had that instilled in us and so we were just taken seriously um so i think once we kind of grew up a little bit got into some more competitive sailing is when my sister and i um probably stumbled upon this as a as an issue um, in the larger sailing world when because of the way we grew up and who we grew up around um, I, I don't a shelter is not the right word I think just our community sailing um, it wasn't a problem you know people were just just took you like you said as a sailor um, but I do yeah it, I mean it is definitely an issue um, and I think you just need to have the have the attitude that you you're just a sailor, you know, you're not just a sailor, but you're just as good as the guy next to you or the girl next to you. And you need to, it doesn't matter who you are. You have to, you have to work to get there and you have to take criticism and you have to realize that you're not the best and you have to work to be the best and learn from people around you and everything like that. So um, it is, it's tricky. It's really tricky. And I think, you know, my sister, um, she's always done the boat work so she's always been the one that's in the shed doing the nitty-gritty stuff she knows all of that kind of stuff um and people really respect her for for doing that um and so i've never um it yeah it was hard coming out of our local community where everyone was equal um but having these skills instilled in us kind of keeps us at that level, but you do have to keep pushing. You can't really get pushed around um, because people try to push you around. Yeah. Well, let's get away from that conversation because that could go down a big rabbit hole. Um, Tim, 
you're doing some pretty exciting sailing at the moment. Why don't you tell us about um, what's going on in your world of sailing? Yes. Um, well, when my solo racing career came to a screeching halt when I lost my boat and uh, 18 years ago in the, the Bermuda 1-2 race, I decided I want to get back in the solo and shorthanded racing game. The last fall, I bought a Class 40. And my goal with that project was to create opportunities for Gator and Whitney and I to do double-handed racing together. Um, so we're trying to put together the boats. The boats uh, I did the Bermuda one too with it this year. Um, and we're trying to find other opportunities for the two of us, for the three of us to sail together um, to do some transoceanic racing as soon as possible. As soon as Gator gets released from jail. Um, <laughs> Yep, I'd love to so be up there. A phenomenal boat, and boy, is it fun to sail. And uh, it's just, it's been a lot of fun. And we're going to do a lot more sailing on it this winter. Nice. And you, you are, you've actually um, been a celebrity this week in the sailing world. You were on Sailing Illustrated's live show uh, earlier this week, and then here you are on ours. <laughs> Uh, it's it's amazing. Um, yeah, I feel like a little bit of a, a very 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 small rock star. I think more like part of this part of the um, uh, the the shore crew for the rock stars. <laughs> and how about you, Eric? What are you up to in the sailing world? Well, she was. Um, I'm a yacht broker by trade, so I, I keep pretty busy here in the summer on, on Lake Michigan and stuff. Uh, you know, with all the activity kind of condensed in a four or five month um, time frame. Uh, but earlier this year, I sold a, a friend of mine a, a TP-52 this year, and we did a little, you know, distance type sailing with on that boat. That was that was just a ball. Uh, had a lot of fun sailing that boat. And uh, locally, uh, my wife, Sherry, and uh, Another person we sail the actuals 22 when we want to go out and just do some local racing. And then I end up sailing with clients and we try to go day sailing and cruising when we can and uh, that kind of stuff. So we lately just here on Lake Michigan uh, sailing with clients and uh, our, own, our own little program here and day sailing. So, so who's the vocab? 52 air? I'm sorry, what's Tim? Who's the boat captain on that TP-52? Um, he assigned me as a, the helmsman on it, which I, I liked a lot. We had, we had a crew from a 43-footer in, in the past, and we had about the same nine, nine or 10 guys. So it was a real easy transition with the same people and the dynamics and, and that kind of stuff. And it, our big race here in Lake Michigan is the Chicago Mackinac race. and. Uh, Oh, we've got about six or seven of these uh, TP-52s, so it was a lot of fun uh, going head-to-head -head with some of the big guys. And, uh, you know. and Whitney's on that boat as well. Yep. Allison's sister, Whitney, is, is the crew chief, as a matter of fact. And uh, she does actually quite a bit of work on that boat as well. So um, she's engaged and, and busy on that program. And uh, we had a ball sailing it this summer. We really did. So uh, that, that was a lot of fun. You guys beat up on some of the professional TP uh, guys on the Queen's Cup, didn't you? Well, we, we did. Um, I, I, you know, we, we had some good boat speed and good boat handling and stuff, but you know, with a distance race and stuff, we get a little leverage one way or the other, kind of outsmart people and stuff like that. I, I think we did we beat a couple of boats like that and uh, that was a lot of fun but uh yeah you're going up against some pretty high rollers and uh, equipment and unlimited budgets and stuff like that so just to beat a couple of them was uh, a real real victory for us a lot of fun yeah awesome definitely what about you ken what are you up to at the moment well, other what what would you be up to at the moment if you weren't in lockdown? As I said, I've got sailing with the school, but I'm I'm just coming to the back end of two new replacements. 
um, that's full replacements. Um, and I, I, I got back into laser with, with one knee replacement up at the, no, I had both of them done it, Mission Beach. And my biggest thrill was I finished every race, which is, uh, I, I've never won a cube. And you people that know about lasers, I've never won a cube. They call me cubulous uh, down in Victoria. Oh, that's so mean. <laughs> yeah, but look, um, that's the way it goes. But uh, yeah, cubulous Ken, they call me. Um, Can't you but, do something? You're the president of the Australian Laser Class Association. Can you not just go get one? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I can't do that, Sue. Um, but I'll get one one day. I'm just about to hit hit the, the legends, uh, 75 year olds as the legends. I've got about um, seven months to go, and I'm I'm actually starting to get me up, uh, hit me health together, and uh, doing a bit of walking, and uh, and uh, I hope to be back sailing this summer. That's if COVID lets us. But um, going to do the nationals down in um, Victoria, which for me here is about. Uh, three-day drive, two-and-a-half, three-day drive. And um, uh, we're going to be sailing on Western Port Bay, which hosts a seal colony and some quite large white sharks, which uh, I'm told they're, they're friendly. Just don't go near them. And I'm planning not to go anywhere near them. So, um, but a beautiful piece of Australia we're going to and uh, it'll be lovely. Sharks don't like um, knee reconstructions. They prefer real knees, not fake knees. Oh, no. <laughs> You're safe. Ken, you and I have that in common. I have two replacement knees as well. Going okay. And I, I can tell you that you can race a class 40 offshore for 1,500 miles. <laughs> Doesn't bother you. hope you. so. You just got them replaced. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is this the part of the conversation where we start talking about our ailments and injuries? I've got a problem with my back. <laughs> Ken, Ken, how do you do all that hiking in a laser with a couple of bad knees? That must be a tough Actually, one. They're, they're not too bad. It, it's The problem I've got is getting in the boat and keeping it, that the mast pointing to the heavens. Uh, <laughs> hiking, when I'm hiking, it's lovely. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, I'll get back. I've got to get back. I, I miss so many friends that you go out there and race against. It, it's a social event more than. Yeah, I'm sure it keeps you going. Good, good luck oh, with that. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Definitely. Listen, if I could just say one thing about an incident that happened uh, with one of my girls at school that uh, I hadn't heard from her for about. Uh, five or six years and out of the blue she rang me up and she said oh Ken I just rang to tell you I'm getting married this this Saturday and I said oh yeah okay that's good that's good remember it's a partnership it's give and take and all that and she said what I really rang you up for was to say to you Ken my best memories of high school was being out on the bay sailing with you and the girls and I I just about collapsed when, I, when she told me that because I didn't realise the impression that I was making on these girls uh, and I've got doctors, lawyers, engineers and hairdressers and mums and housewives now after 20 years and sometimes just a little call like that to a volunteer can really uh, humble them mm. and um, that was one thing that happened to me. So, um, and that was, a, that was a kind thing for her to do and a wonderful thing for her to do. Well, Dad, actually one of your uh, former sailors, a graduate of your Moreton Bay College sailing program uh, has chimed in and watched this and says hi, and that's Bianca. Ah, oh, Bianca Cable. I like PJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no that's, a pretty, that's a pretty cool story. So just sort of throwing that, because we're nearly at the end, aren't we, Sue? Yeah, we're nearly at the end. <laughs> so that's my final thing, yeah. Lovely, beautiful people, beautiful environment, and we should never stop. Well, that's I it. think that's, a, that's probably a really good way to sort of wrap 
there's um, these things up. Actually, uh, Dad, I just need to read this out from BJ. Um, she's not alone, Coach Ken. We all loved our days out in the bay with you. My favourite memories and with me. <laughs> uh, so that's really nice. That's really nice to hear that stuff. I, you'll have me sort of coming to tears in a minute, Susie. <laughs> I told you I get my heart on my sleeve thanks to you. <laughs> um, but look, I mean, look, there's heaps of stuff going on in the world. But I mean, just... You know, it is Father's Day. Obviously, we wanted to get our fathers here together. So just um, for those that have just sort of tuned in, Tim Kent is Gator's biological dad and then her stepdad, Eric. These guys are both in America. And then my dad, Ken, who is in Brisbane in Australia. And their favorite, well, sorry, I, I can say dad's favorite daughter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't think, I don't think Whitney's watching right now. She's, she's going to watch the recording. So. Well, they're, they're <laughs> <favorite definitely. daughter. laughs> We're in New Zealand and um, it's sort of like this technology is so great. We can sort of bring everyone together, you know, so we're in four different time zones, um, you know, to, to bring this chat for Father's Day. But I just want to say like a massive, um, you know, happy Father's Day to all of the sailing dads out there. There are so many passionate sailing dads that get their kids into sailing, help rig their boats, probably tinker around with their boats too much. Hands off dads, the kids have got it. They know how to rig. They know how to de-rig. Do the fine tuning when we go get changed so that we yeah. don't have to see. Wash the boat down, pack it up, and let's go home. Yeah. yeah. But I just want to say a yeah, massive thanks to all the fathers and also, of course, all to the mums out there as well for getting your kids into sailing and keeping them in sailing. It is the best sport in the world. It's the motto we live by. We live, we sail, and one day we're not going to be here, but the, um, you know, sailing will always live on. And I think that's the most important thing. But yeah, so that's, that's our Father's Day chat. But before we do go, we also thanks, need everybody. Before we go, we do also need to do a massive thanks to all of those people that support Live, Sail, Die, because without them, we wouldn't be here. And that is Predict Wind, B&G, PIC Insurance Brokers, Doyle Sales, Marine Concierge, Busfield Marine Brokers, Brandit.Kiwi, Yacht Share, Hyundai New Zealand, and a massive shout out as well to the Royal Akarani Yacht Club, Royal New Zealand Yacht Squadron, Shorthanded Sailing Association of New Zealand, the Stuart 34s, and the Young 88s for keeping us busy. And of course, the Coastal Classic, which fingers crossed goes ahead in October. Uh, we really hope that the PIC Coastal Classic can go ahead this year here in New Zealand because we will be chatting about the sailing at the start. And that's it. <laughs> Thank you, Sue Ellen. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Well, best of luck yeah, with the rest of the day. Yep. We go now. <laughs> no, <laughs> just, just stay, just stay, Dad. But that's it for the Facebook live chat. Thank you to everyone for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. We have no idea who we're going to be chatting to next, but I'm sure something will come up. Uh, but yeah, thanks everybody, and thanks to our dads, and we'll probably see you soon. Wave, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> okay.